are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish, all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I am Julia Plugi with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. I'm Rachel Alice with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. And I'm Tana Fancher with the Kansas Department of Wildlife Parks. Follow us on our outdoor adventures. Hey, listeners, I want to let everyone know that uh, this episode has a little bit of feedback in the sound. We apologize for that. Um, unfortunately, we are not able to re-record the conversation, but we definitely don't want you to miss out on the topic itself. So if you can, just disregard a little bit of that feedback and tune in to the, the questions and the conversation that we have with Angie. Thank you and enjoy. Welcome back to She Goes Outdoors. Dove hunting, an afternoon of wearing uncoordinated camouflage, sitting on a bucket, wearing a... Uh, near a watering hole waiting for the taunting dove to fly over. I still remember my first dove hunt just outside of Bartlett, Nebraska, sitting next to my son, Kyler, as we may have been competing to see who could get the first bird down. You know, sitting next to Kyler, that was that was the, the experience that I remember. And then I remember the um, like the after pictures of sitting behind the, the tailgate with the doves in front of us. And it's just those two big smiles from both of us, probably even bigger smile from him as, as that child, like, like happy for his, the success of his first dove hunt. But, uh, you know, we, we had a great time. We're looking forward again this coming season. And in case you were wondering, uh, he did successfully take one more bird than me. So, um, you know, it was kind of like, for him winning an Olympic gold. That one more bird over me was the Olympic gold of his year. And I think he's waiting for that competition to again start. So, you know, here in Nebraska, dove season opens September 1. I know a few hunters that I honestly believe that like September 1 should be a holiday. We should not have to work on September 1st. You know, you'd be like, here's my card. Here's my license, my permit. I'm a dove hunter. I should get this as a holiday season. They, they take dove hunting seriously. You know, they really like the sport of it. And I think it's just also that perspective of its opening season. It's like the September 1 is the beginning of hunting season in general, for the most part, that big picture of it. Our guest today is Angie Kokish, a female dove hunter from Nebraska. So welcome to the show, Angie. Hi, Julia. Thank you for having me. All right. Um, The reason I invited Angie is I was recently reading an article in our Nebraska Land magazine here. Uh, It's it's a publication that is put out by the Nebraska staff, and I'm going to explain that to a little bit more detail here in a minute. But I want Angie to uh, introduce yourself, and where are you from? So I'm Angie Kokish. I am from central Nebraska. We live halfway between Ord and North Loop. And if you're not familiar with the state, I mean, she's basically in the central, a little bit northern central of of the state. And we're going to talk about the landscape of that area a little bit more in the conversation. You know, I think it'll become more detailed as uh, part of our ex, our 
our explanation in the process of dove hunting as well. But so I, I, I start, I introduced her and how I, why I invited Angie is from an article from our Nebraska land. And it was an August, September issue of 2022. And in Nebraska land magazine caught my eye for a couple of reasons. First, the title of the article was dove hunting in the sand Hills. You know, and, and that caught my eye because I, I mentioned Bartlett. You know, Bartlett is in the Sand Hills as well. And that was where I did my dove first dove hunt. And the second reason is the story um, about the female hunter, Angie herself. And so there was like multiple reasons. I, and so I reached out to our Nebraska land staff. I was like, you have got to get me and connect with Angie. We're, I need to have a conversation with her. And I'm really excited because I think our listeners want to hear her story as well and her tips and tricks of dove hunting. So and if you're not familiar with the Nebraska land magazine, it is presented and edited by the Nebraska Game and Parks. Uh, if, if you're thumbing through the magazine, majority of the articles are written by Nebraska land staff. But... We also have, I mean, we have an amazing writing team, an amazing set of editors and the photography. But, in, you know, in addition to those articles, we also outsource our, our authors, our stories that are written out there. And because, you know, they're, they're field experts out there. There's experts, there's scientists, and there's hunting experts such as Angie. And we want to hear their story and just not from the, the writer's perspective that uh, don't exactly uh, get that experience in the field such as Angie. So that's why I wanted to bring her. Now, so you know that, you know, Nebraska land is also digital. So as we're talking about this, you could read this article uh, digitally. I'm going to put it in our show notes. But myself, like, I have to have that hard copy because I was able to see the photography work that uh, Jenny Wheatley presented in there when she was out there with uh, Angie, too. So either way, I just had to put a little plug in for the magazine so you can go in and read the full story out of her after our interview with Angie. So Angie, uh, tell me how you got started in dove hunting. Like what inspired you to go dove hunting? Well, it's, it's actually, dove hunting is actually what um, gave me my start and my love for all things hunting. Um, as a little girl, I always wanted to hang out with my dad, and my dad was an avid dove hunter. And so I would tag along with him. Um, no one actually knows if I was three or four years old, but I, I bugged my dad so much at that point that he put a shotgun in my hands and stood behind me far enough so that when I got knocked on my butt that he could catch me, thinking that it would scare me and I would stop bugging him. I instead stood up and said, let's do it again. That's awesome. And pretty much it was all over but the shouting after that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You sound, I think you could be my twin. Like I'm the same way. I'm like, nope, I'm not giving up. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. So Angie, um, tell us what other species you hunt. So after brushing my butt off, um, I actually got up and I expanded on my hunting even more so than what anyone in my family or my friends had done. Uh, I, I hunt anything and everything that's in season. I have a variety of weapons that I use. Um, what I'm most fond of now is hunting with the spears. So uh, you could say that I've taken hunting to the next level, but I, I deeply love the challenge of it. That's awesome. And we can spear hunt in Nebraska deer. 
Yep, so I spear hunt deer, but it is legal also for turkey, elk, antelope, um, pretty much anything big game. It is it is recognized as a legal weapon here. That is so fun. So you know, when a lot of many times when we're preparing females for a hunt, or they're asking a lot of questions like, "I want to go deer hunting." What firearm, what rifle should I use? What would be the best choice for us? You know, we always give them kind of a suggestion, but it, it may still not necessarily be the fit for for them in, in multiple reasons. There's different firearms that will work, especially when it comes to rifles or even shotguns, as you know. And as I was reading your story, you talked about three different levels of shotguns that you have experienced through your lifetime of dove hunting. Tell us about those different shotguns and when you picked it up at that different level and maybe a little bit, di- like what is the differences between those shotguns and why you selected them? When anyone is starting out, I always base the shotgun basically on their size. I mean, is it is it a little, is it a little child? Is it a, maybe a smaller woman? That's when I would put them in a youth shotgun. Um, I started off with a Remington 870 lightweight. I still highly recommend it today. It's a little bit longer shotgun. So some kids, you know, I've come across, they can't actually, they have a hard time shouldering it. You know, it, it, it tends to have them a little bit forward heavy. And so we back off into a, a shorter model. After that, and typically a 20 gauge, you know, you don't, you don't want to ever scare them with that just real heavy kick to their shoulder because that can put off a lot of people, you know, kids especially. So once we get past that and they're a little advanced, you know, they're a little bit bigger, we, I typically will move them up into a full size, you know, 12 gauge shotgun. And that, again, personal preference, I mean, you can do any number of brands, but it, it all comes down to where the BBs are going when you shoot, and, and they all shoot pretty good. Um, I will throw out there that it is also legal to shoot doves with a bow and arrow, and that is very, very fun as well. And it's just, it's just something, something else that they, you know, people can try. That's so fascinating. It's so fun. Honestly, you, you need to like like break it down and think about it. It's really, once you get your lead on the doves, it's not much different than swinging with the shotgun. I mean, it's just, it's all about figuring your lead. Huh. I can't even begin to imagine. And one of the things that we love so much about dove hunting is it is a fairly target rich environment. And even the best dove hunters miss doves all the time. Amen. I, my husband jokes that I need to hunt with just one shell in my gun, because if I miss the first one, I'm going to miss the next two. I mean, it's just, (laughs) that's just the way I roll. (laughs) Gosh, I'm the same way. So in our program, um, we kind of do the same thing that you were talking about of trying to match people up with the right size shotgun for their frame. And I'm curious, I'm someone that is of the gear standpoint, like if I could have one shotgun and one rifle to do it all, that's what I want. I'm not a big gear junkie. I just want what's simple and effective. Is there a specific gauge of shotgun that you would recommend people use as like their utilitarian shotgun? 12 gauge all day long. Yeah, that's a great one. And then you can take, um, you can pretty much pursue any of the shotgun species with that as well. Yep, absolutely. That makes sense. What advice do you have, Angie, for those gals that are a little bit nervous about the kickback? Maybe they've had a bad experience in the past or they've just heard about it. 
So the biggest thing I tell people when they're shooting a gun, and you can see it, they're they're very, very timid when they shoulder the weapon and they tend to almost lean back and away from it. And I always tell them, you are in charge of this gun. So I, I want them to just really get into it. And I, wa- I want them pushing forward. And the more you can get them confident with that, I mean, you can almost see the confidence rise in their face as you almost physically shove them forward. And I'm like, you own this gun. Get into it. They'll, they'll, they end up shouldering it a lot harder. And therefore, the kick is so much less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was instructing with a friend of mine, and um, she also works for Wildlife and Parks in Kansas, and she did a really great demonstration of when you kind of have the butt of the the gun away from your body, the way when that comes back and hits your shoulder, that is so much more impactful and um um, negative feeling, I guess, and alarming than when you are really shouldered up into that shotgun and then your body moves with that recoil rather than it coming back to hit you in a, in a, like a blunt force sort of way. And that really helped me visualize the way to get into that shotgun. Yes, exactly. So we've talked a little bit about the shotguns and gear. I'm curious, what other gear do you use for dove hunting, whether it's a shotgun or, um, you know, archery equipment? Do you find decoys in particular to be helpful? Oh, I am 1000% sold on decoys and I never used to use decoys, but my dad started losing his sight a few years ago. And so I needed to zero the doves in on a certain area, say a deadfall tree so that they're, they're fluttering down. They're basically slowing their movement, giving him more time to see them. And I was absolutely blown away at the attraction that these decoys add to the doves. I mean, it is literally like a moth to a flame. It's, it's almost crazy. So yes, a thousand percent use decoys. Angie, explain what a decoy, I guess what a dove decoy looks like, because, you know, when we think of waterfowl decoys, those decoys are just sitting in the water, the, the geese or the ducks that come back down on the water with it. But a dove decoy is a little, little bit different structure and way it attracts bird to come in yeah they really are so like a goose or a duck decoy i mean they better look really really lifelike um you know they've got to have the, the legs and everything can't look out of place not so much with a dove i use what's called a mojo decoy and it actually sits on a stake that sits probably two to three feet off the ground the body of it looks just like a dove and then it has wings that stick straight out to the side and they just spin like a a fan blade basically that's the mojo dove i use another one that is in a circle and it's almost like a merry-go-round it spins around and it has three dove decoys again um sticking out from it the bodies look very much like a dove but the wings are just this real thin material and as it spins around it also hops up and down and makes those that thin material on the wings flap basically so the decoys aren't very lifelike like needed in waterfowl hunting but the movement attracts these doves like no other and then how about like foam or uh, clip-on decoys I, you know, I've never used them much. So again, I, I wasn't a huge decoy person until I use these. So I, I know they work. I, I've seen people 
clip them on a fence and just apparently just seeing another dove there, you know, will bring them in. So, yeah. Right. And so doves typically are moving from place to place in search of food and water this time of year. Um, and so one of the big indicators of that is seeing other doves. So if you're clipping doves onto a post or have doves, like one of those mojos where the wings are flapping, it looks like doves are hovering over potential food or water sources. And so that really draws them in. And Angie, I was of the same thought of you like, okay, yeah, decoys are great, but I can't imagine they make that much of a difference. And then we started using them a couple years ago. Um, and just couldn't believe the difference that it made. <laughs> folks, crazy. It is. It's so crazy. And to give folks an idea too, those uh, mojo decoys that Angie mentioned that are the the wings kind of moving almost like a fan, um, those will typically set you back. I think I just bought a couple recently for one of our programs around $25. Um, you can also get decoys that are a little bit simpler for closer to $10 where it's the hard body of the dove and then their wings are like a flexible cardboard almost. And so those will just flex in the wind as the, uh, they will flex in the wind. And so it still mimics that kind of movement and that reflection off the dove's wings. So that's a really low cost alternative as well. If you're still looking for some of that movement, but don't want to in, uh, invest in a moving mojo just quite yet. That being said, um, you can be really effective with as few as just one mojo. I mean, that movement really does bring birds in. So that's really interesting. Really good tip. We always are looking for ways of getting into the field, but how can we it be good on our pocketbook or our wallet as well? So now I got to know, Angie, where do you go to hunt doves? Oh, gosh. Doves, I mean, my, my favorite place is clearly in the Sandhills, um, but you can... Doves can be hunted anywhere. I mean, where as long as you're out in the country, I shouldn't say anywhere because then somebody will go shooting them up in town. But no, you get out in the country, even in our yard right here, you know, this is going to be an amazing year for doves because if you look at the forecast for the next 10 days, we're talking in the 90s. You know, we've had years where we'll catch a cold snap and two days after season opens, they've bugged out. So I am so looking forward to this. But, you know, catch just an open field, they love a sunflower field. Those can be tricky to hunt. I mean, they're amazing to hunt, but they can be tricky in finding your birds. Get out in a pasture, find, you know, like I said, a, either a dam or a windmill running over. It's amazing if it's got some marijuana growing around there, but it's not necessary. I mean, that, that's the fun thing about ducks. They, there's just no specific area where you're like, oh, I have to go right here because this is the only place they're going to be. They're everywhere. They're just everywhere. So this time of year, I, uh, you know, I live by Lincoln and we're chopping silage, but cornfields that have been chopped for silage are great locations for dove hunting. They, I mean, that is where they're stopping to fuel up. They can find, I mean, it's basically a large buffet for these birds as they are stopping, they're fueling themselves, they're resting before they continue to migrate. And wheat fields, I mean, feedlots, all of it. They're they're just opportunistic hunters. I mean, you can find marijuana seeds in them, soybeans, corn, wheat, um, safflowers. I mean, they'll they pretty much eat anything. Sunflowers, all of it. I mean, there's there's just no. They're not a real like a target. Like I'm targeting this this thing. They just they they eat it. Uh, what would we call them? A trash can filter. That's a good. Thing. <laughs> 
And listeners, if you're tuning in and maybe you don't have direct access to a pasture or a field or something like that, keep in mind that um, this is relatively easy, low entry activity and something that you may have better luck getting private land access for than say um, big game hunting or turkey hunting. So do keep that in mind. That's a great opportunity to use dove hunting as a way to build relationships with landowners. Also get in touch with your wildlife and parks or DNR office as well. Um, I know in Kansas, we have managed dove fields that are managed sunflower fields and they cut those specifically for dove hunting so um, be aware of those opportunities because they're out there and it's super fun so we make it sound easy like just to wait for them and they're going to come but honestly uh, the process of actually shooting them it's it's kind of a game in a way it's it's a thrill they're just like quick little boogers and they're so taunting like they'll just come at you and they'll come across for you and they'll go away from you so quickly. And I really enjoyed reading your uh, the article in that paragraph where you're talking about shooting doves. What is the trick, Angie? Like tell us about the flight of the dove and your process of how you successively hunt them. Well, they can be so different in the areas that you're hunting them. The easiest thing to do, and it's a place that I try to take beginners or, you know, people like my dad who are having a hard time seeing is like a deadfall tree that they're wanting to come and land in. Because in that case, they may come in hard and fast, but typically there's a little flutter and a pause before they land. So that makes them fairly simple to shoot. Also really easy to recover because they're just going to fall straight down. But doves can... You know, if you're if you're catching a calm day in the wind, they can be coming across, they can be coming over you, going away from you. It's calmer days are easier to shoot them because they're obviously slower than if you catch a super windy day. I actually love those days because it's just they're darting so fast and you're laughing and cutting up as they're just zooming by you, but that's it's really tough to to shoot them on those days. You've got to get your lead down. And it's different. Are they are they going back and forth across in front of you? Or like I said, are they coming at or going away from you? It's all about your lead. And if you missed, shoot in a different place the next time. I know the biggest thing is, is especially like on a windy day, I'll tell people, I just led that dove by eight feet. And they're like, huh? No, no, that's that's just insane. Well, it's not. If you think about the speed and how long it takes your BBs to get there, you just have to figure out how far out in front of that bird do I need to be shooting. Wow, that's awesome. We just we have a hard time thinking of that. Like literally be eight feet mm-hmm. ahead of that bird by the time that pattern comes out of that shotgun shell. Yeah, it's mentally like mentally it's so weird because you're not you're again you're not even shooting at it and so to get your mind around that is sometimes really difficult for people. I know that's something I struggle with when we practice with uh, clay targets, even just especially the follow through, because in my brain, after I take the shot, whether I hit or miss, I tend to want to stop the swing of the shotgun barrel and to continue that follow through because that does train your brain to keep moving with the bird. Um, And that's just something that is really hard, like you said, to get your brain around. But there are things you can do to practice when you're shooting clays on the range. Make sure you've got that follow through. You're continuing to swing through that pattern. Um, Otherwise, it can really cause some trouble when you're out in the field. And yes, 
there's a when we come back after dove season in the office we, we kind of always i don't know if we're it's not really even bragging but we'll be like yeah it took me 15 shells to get one dove but we're laughing about it and it's a lot of fun it's just it's part of the sport so angie i want to talk to you too a little bit about dove hunting safety because the way we're describing it it is very it can be very fast-paced it's a lot of fun it can be humorous um even a little bit chaotic at times but as always, we want to make sure that safety is paramount. So what tips do you have for our listeners and hopefully future dove hunters out there about being safe in the field this dove season? You've just always got to know what is beyond your barrel. What is what is in the direction that you're shooting? You know, I've been peppered by BBs. I'm sure, you know, most people out there hunting have, but it's just you have to be hyper aware even as you're laughing and cutting up you're shooting a gun and it it comes down to that at the end of the day you just have to be aware of what is in the direction that you're shooting be you know be vigilant as to where the other hunters are and I, and they can move around they move around a lot but just always always try to be aware of where everyone is where you're pointing your gun before you pull that trigger Right. And in hunter education, we always teach about that zone of fire. And so often we talk about that as it relates to pheasant hunting, because that's an activity where we usually walk in a line in a group. But that absolutely comes into play here with dove hunting as well. So just be cautious of your zone of fire. And we were talking about that follow through with your shots as well. Keep that in mind as you are swinging that barrel, that there will be a point where you need to safely cease that um, that follow through. So all really good points. Thanks, Angie. All right, Angie, I got to know, what is your favorite dove recipe? Risotto. I love risotto, dove risotto. It's just amazing. I've never had that. How many, <laughs> um, like how many breasts does it take to make your recipe? So I usually, depending on, you know, did I shoot a dozen birds that day or did I get my full 15? If I, you know, I typically will get my full 15. So that's what I'll clean and bag up and freeze for risotto. But you can do it with as few as 12. Can you talk to us a little bit about um, dove meat? For those of us who um, maybe have never tried dove meat before, what does it taste like? Is it lighter? Is it darker? It tends to be a little bit, I, I would call it on the medium side between light and dark. It's not as dark as a goose or a duck, but it's also not as light as a pheasant. It can it has a very mild flavor to it. And to, to to try to describe and say, this is exactly what it tastes like is really, really hard because it just depends on what their diet, you know, what are they consuming? Because that changes the flavor of it. But as far as game goes, I would classify it as a mild to medium gaminess as far, you know, it just depends on what they're eating. But um, the breast, I would say, usually the size of put a couple of quarters on top of each other and that's about the size of a breast um but yeah they're then they can be used for so many different things a lot of people love poppers and i love those too you know they're just they're they're fun little appetizers um super easy to clean you know but yeah yeah that's they're 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 good tana what's your favorite dove recipe Oh, man. Yeah, I'm a big fan of poppers. Anything with a jalapeno cream cheese and bacon involved, like, sure, you could wrap up a grasshopper in there and I'd probably eat it. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think. We did another good one. We did, like, teriyaki marinated dove breast Mm. this year over rice, and that was was a good one as well. What about you, Julia? 
I have to go with the poppers, but I, I think I need to try both of your recipes. Maybe we need to put on our Facebook our recipes in general. And, and Angie mentioned about cleaning the bird and kind of how small that breast is. Sure, it is really, it's really small, but they're super easy to clean. And I know that novice hunters sometimes are fear hunting in general because they don't know how to process. They don't know how to clean their uh, harvest afterwards, but honestly dove is just like one little slit and and you just peel the feathers real off real simple kind of pull that breast off away from that bone and that's it it's it's super easy but unfortunately it does take several to make a full recipe (laughs) but that's all right there's a lot of doves out there angie i'm curious are there any activities that you recommend if families are getting out into the dove fields this September, and um, maybe they've got some young kids that aren't ready to be holding a shotgun yet, but want to get out and be involved. Are there any activities you recommend for those kiddos? 100%. They just became your bird dog, and they're out there (laughs) retrieving those doves. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. That's so funny that you said that, because when we did go hunting, I had um, one son that wasn't quite old enough to, to be hunting or to hold the shotgun yet, and he was our bird dog. You're right. Love it. Yep. And they I'm, love it. Yes. They do. <laughs> they do. Okay. Uh, well, I've seen another great activity too where um, kids have gone out into the field with their folks and they have sat on a bucket or something and almost used their arm and like pointed at birds as they've gone by. And a parent can help direct them and say, oh, yeah, you need to, you know, give a little more lead to that dove. Um, and just something to get them practicing of what that that site picture is going to look like, I think is, is really cool activity as well. I'm sure they'll get bored of it quick, but they can run out and be bird dogs again after that. (laughs) I want to go back to you had mentioned the number 15. I want to go back and talk to our listeners about what is that 15 that you mentioned? So the 15 is your daily limit of doves. That's how many doves you can shoot every day. In possession or aggregate, I think, as it's referred to, is what you can keep in your possession um, throughout the season, and that is 45 per person. So legally, I can only put three bags of doves at a time in my freezer, but my husband also can put three bags. So that's, that's what the 15 and the 45 is. Here in Nebraska, we have three main species of doves. We have the morning dove, Eurasian, and the white-winged doves. And the Eurasian actually doesn't have, here in Nebraska, there's not a limit to those. In fact, they're kind of an invasive dove uh, that actually can be hunted year-round. But it's the morning dove and the white-winged dove that we have those limits on, and I wanted to point that out. And we'll put some links in our show notes as well so that you can kind of have an image of those in your mind when you're out there, you're hunting. As we start to wrap up the conversation, thank you, Angie, for so much feedback. Your article was a lot of fun to read. It's just like it's so natural to the novice, the beginning dove hunting, even some great pointers for the experienced dove hunters as well. So I'm going to make sure, again, we we put that link out there for anyone to read. It's just easy to follow. And a shout out to Jenny for for doing that story with you. And it was great photography. Anything that you maybe like after the article posted, anything in addition that you would love for the listeners to hear? Oh, goodness. You got me at a loss here. We covered so much. I honestly can't really think of anything else other than don't 
don't get frustrated if you're missing shots because it took me years before I could shoot a limit in a day. I mean, this is, this is really fun hunting, but it can also be really difficult hunting. And so don't, don't get frustrated. Just, just enjoy it and take it as every shot you shoot is, is a learning shot. Good points. Good points. Like I said, I, I work with experienced hunters every day and we still laugh at the fact that it took me nine shells for one death. Amen. <laughs> All right, Angie, before we go, I really want to ask you, one of the most common violations we see during dove season is when someone forgets to plug their shotgun. Can you talk to us a little bit more about what that means and um, what our law enforcement officers would be looking for in the field? Yes. So I, I joke with my husband, they make a hundred round clip that could go on your shotgun. And I'm like, I need that. I need that clip. And he says, what? So you can shoot a hundred rounds at a dove instead of three? True story. Cause I would. So when I say three, you're only allowed to carry three shells in your guns. A lot of times they'll carry five. So you have to put a plug in your gun that only makes the capacity of the gun or allows the capacity of the gun to carry three shells. Right, and so those um, plugs typically look like a long cylinder, and actually people have even improvised and even used pencils and things like that in the field. Any more, typically when you buy a shotgun, they will come from the manufacturer factory plugged, and so that plug is already in place. Um, that being said, it is something that can be removed, so always be sure to double check when you're prepping for dev season, making sure your shotgun's clean, you've got the right shells you need, um, whether it's steel versus lead, depending on where you're hunting, always check that shotgun plug too, because because that's something our law enforcement officers will be looking for in the field. And again, that just goes back to an ethics. You know, we don't, we don't want to have too many in there because we may don't, we don't want to shoot down too many at one time or the ethics of just too many shells being shot at a single point period at one time. And then another ethical point, Julia, based on what you said, is that we always make sure that we take migratory birds um, or doves, excuse me, when they're in flight. So this is not when they have come and landed on that deadfall tree like Angie was talking about. That's that time when they're fluttering and kind of slowly, it looks like almost hovering right before they land. They've slowed down enough to get a good shot on them, but they're not landed yet. Um, and that's something that is in our regulations, but that's also an ethical point as well. So keep that in mind. We're shooting doves in flight, not when they're landed or on the ground. And as far as licensing here in Nebraska, you will need a, a hunt permit. A habitat stamp if you are on public land or any land that you do not own yourself. So that is like, I'll just repeat that, that it, you need your hunting permit and then a habitat stamp and then a HIP number. So that's a harvest information program number. It's completely free. You just have to go online, get the number and carry it with you. That's for any migratory birds as a requirement. And like we said, dove, doves are a migratory bird. Absolutely. And we don't have the habitat stamp here in Kansas, but you do need your hunting license in that HIP permit as well. And that HIP is so important, y'all. Um, like Julia said, it's completely free. We do have like a $2.50 processing fee in Kansas, but really, really minimal fee. Um, 
And it's just so important for collecting that harvest data and making sure that we can manage our wild game populations effectively in a way that the resource is healthy and that we have healthy populations that we can continue to hunt for now and for future generations as well. So be sure that you have that HIP permit on you. And then also make sure that when you are answering those questions for the HIP, that you are answering those thoroughly and as you know, accurately to the best of your ability that you can, because our managers really use that information to uh, make management decisions. All right, Angie, anything else that you want to tell our listeners? Pick up your trash, pick up your, do the best job you can picking up your shells. That's not always easy because you want to keep your eye on the downed bird, especially if it's out there a ways. And so, but yeah, just, just do, do the best that you can. Yes, thank you for pointing that out. Pick up your trash, whether it's on your land, someone else's land, public land. And what she means by trash is your shells or your snacks or your water, everything. Leave the land better than what you came to. Well, Angie, it has been a real pleasure having you on. Uh, Thank you so much. Like Julia said, we'll be sure to link your article so that folks can follow up and get some more information about you. Well, thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And if you ever want to come hang out in Kansas and hunt doves, look me up. Hey, same here. Get on up here. <laughs> Will do. That sounds great. I don't think I can attempt um, any archery hunting for doves, but I would sure be curious to try. <laughs> I'd put a bow in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, Angie. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in today. If you have any questions about dove hunting in your state, be sure to check out your local wildlife department's page um, or you know your local DNR. They will have information about all the regulations, what equipment is um, can be used, and so much more. So be sure to tune into that information. If you're not already, be sure to follow the She Goes Outdoors Facebook page and also check out our website at sgooutdoors.com. We do still have the shooting box available for purchase. So if you're interested in getting out to the shooting range for the first time, or even if you've been shooting for a while and are curious about some new gear, be sure to get one of those shooting range boxes and we will hook you up. The deadline for those has been pushed back a little bit. So there's still a little time if you want to get in. Julia, anything else I'm forgetting? I don't think so. You captured a lot there. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, like, share, and subscribe. Uh, Make sure everybody joins us in the She Goes Outdoors family, and we'll see you outdoors. 